live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He's done everything you could possibly do. But this feeling right here, there's nothing like it. It's, it's addictive. You know, once you feel this, um, coming to the Super Bowl is one thing, but winning it is different. You know, we just had to see, you know, he's, he's done so much. But I tell you, this feeling is great. It just makes you want it more and more and more. Um, but he's definitely uh, capped off a great career if he if he chooses to do that. But this is a you know this is a, a, a addictive feeling, man, and I just can't uh, you know see him walking away from this. I don't know who that was. Uh, didn't sound like Von Miller to me. It didn't. It, but I'm gonna guess it did Von to me. Miller. Nope. Is that a first? Yeah, it's Von Miller. Yeah. Sound like a younger guy than Von Miller, but. Some would say Maybe he was, was just rejuvenated. An excitable. Yes, I was going to say, an excitable Von Miller. Yeah. Uh, Brett Martin, along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, here on a Monday after the Super Bowl. The Rams are Super Bowl champs. Hey, congrats to Johnny Wolford and Darius Williams. There's a bunch of uh, Gators and Knowles from Van Jefferson to um, uh, Cam, Cam Akers. Akers. Yep. Uh, probably missing some others as well, like Jay- Leonard Jaylen Floyd. Ramsey. Georgia, Jalen Ramsey. Joe D. Camillus, by the way, special teams coach. Yeah. Uh, was here and made him a good move. Heard one of the scouts as well. Uh, is over with the Rams now. I didn't realize that. Uh, that that was let go last year during the Urban Meyer run, so that's cool. So, yeah, you got uh, I always find that pretty amazing. Imagine the Jags couldn't have a spot for him, but the Rams did, and they're Super Bowl champs, and the Jags are picking first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's, I don't care if it's the guy making coffee. <laughs> but why, why are we losing people to teams that are winning Super Bowls? This is true. This <laughs> is know? definitely true. <laughs> like, it's one thing if the Rams lose to the Jags, but yeah. why are we losing people that are winning Super Bowls now? Like DeCamillis and yep. Scouts. I mean, what are we doing here? It hurts, uh, man. It hurts. Yeah. And Ramsey. And Ramsey. <laughs> um, back here at Fleming Island Golf Club. Uh, by the way, top of the tee, you can probably see if you're watching the uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch feed, you can see the top of the tee um, right behind me and some people swinging. This is really cool. Now, not a lot of places. I think uh, you mentioned Blue Sky has it as well, Casey. Yep. But not, not a lot of lo- golf golf courses locally have it. It's basically like a top golf type of setup. But they have their actual driving range right over here in front of me. You can't see that if you're watching the feeds. But then they got about 10 bays right here. they got a bar right in front of me as well. Um, not pouring any back yet. Um, but it's really, if it rains, it's a great place to be and still hit balls and come out with the family and hang out. Uh, it's more cozy than, I guess you would say, Top Golf since it's got three floors, right? Um, and they also have this Power Tee uh, that uh, we actually set them up. I know the folks over at Power Tee with uh, Charles Rollerson and the folks here at Fleming Island Golf Club. And uh, they, they utilize that now, which is some cool technology here at uh, the top of the tee. So if you haven't checked it out at Fleming Island and you live out this way or even if you don't, come on out, check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, Plus, you can get the uh, Dream 18 golf card, actionsportshacksdream18.com, and you get discounted golf uh, here at Fleming Island Golf Club and eight other courses uh, in the area along with some free stuff. They're selling pretty well, so while supplies last, uh, actionsportshacksdream18.com. I can't get over that Stafford throw. I'm showing everybody that will... Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what I saw on Twitter. I think it's so cool. Hey, Calais Campbell, uh, I didn't really realize he was potentially considering retirement, although that was the word. He was asked. He was doing some Sky Sports coverage, and he is not going to retire. 
still got some football in him. He's no longer a $15 million a year guy, in yeah. my estimation. But uh, you brought this up the other day, and again, I'm not sure if we were, we talk sometimes off air, and I don't know if we brought it up on the air or off the air. And Dominic Sue, I think, is a free agent, correct? Correct. Uh, so, like, would you go get a guy like Sue or bring back a guy like Campbell? Um, and and you know me, like you, I think you did ask me on air, and I've said like, hey, I'm super biased, so I don't care if Sue's like going to be an all pro. I'd still take Calais. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but seriously thinking, I, I don't think the Jags will go get Sue. Would they be interested in bringing a guy like Campbell back to build this thing back up, to still get some good play, interior play, multiple position play, even if it's for 25 reps a game at a reasonable price? The problem with the reason why they let Calais go, Austin, one of the reasons, is one, because the, the, the price tag was hefty, but they were going to ask him to reduce his plays so they could get the most out of every play because he was getting a little older. Mm -hmm. Now, he still had a couple nice years in Baltimore but and, and still a very impactful player, I think, in the game. He's not the player he was probably here in Jacksonville. That's what age does. But would you consider it at all for the right price to get him back in this locker room and back on a defensive front that needs help? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely have to be at the right price. You know, you're talking about a guy coming off a game where he played in 15 games, 49 tackles, two sacks, and 12 quarterback hits. Now, like, I'm not sure what that translates to in terms of market value, but it would probably, you know, it, it would be on the lower end, you know, because you're talking about a guy who's 35 years old right now. Um, I would definitely be open to it if it came at the right price, but, you know, there's, there's other, also, I mean, there's other guys out there, too, that look mighty appealing um, as opposed to him. Like, I mean, I, I get he's got history here. He, he's a great locker room guy here. But in terms of impact, you can probably go in a couple other directions as well. Yeah. I, in, I don't, do you have the free agents in front of you? Uh, uh, yeah, you yeah, 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 I do. Uh, like from a defensive tackle standpoint, let me just add one more thing in here, okay? Brenson Buckner, who was in Arizona at the time Calais was before he joined the Jags. Okay. Like, so there's some familiarity. Brenton Buckner is going to be the defensive line coach in Jacksonville. Okay. And so I wonder even there, again, the Jags, this isn't like a move that you, you got to quantify the move, right? And I, I, again, we're all, the guy, Calais Campbell, we'd love to have back in Jacksonville. Everybody loves him, and, and they should. Uh, it Does the locker room need a little bit of that? Could they use more of that? Can you never have enough of that? But can he still give you the production? You don't go get a guy. I used to have this debate all the time, and it's a guy you love, actually, that, that I would always say, like, a Aaron Campman, right, mm -hmm. was, was really valuable in the locker room. And people would argue with me, be like, well, yeah, but, I mean, what's he doing on the field? Like, he's not on the field. Well, but when keep in mind, when whatever, he was on right? the field, he was dominant. He, he unfortunately got hurt, though. Yeah. You know what and, I'm saying? So, like, I mean, I, he, he was good. But I would say even... Austin, I even thought at that time, given the current state of affairs for this football team, when you, you were playing, that I thought he was still a valuable piece and could be because you, you probably didn't have enough leadership at that time. Mm. And so, um, and, and that's debatable when a guy gets hurt. But even Mercedes Lewis, how much have we missed Mercedes Lewis over the years, even though he might not have been at the top of his game? And you might not have got what you got for the handful of years previous. But would he have still been a benefit? I, that's a happy medium to find out, right? You can't just go get a bunch of good guys to help the locker room if they can't perform. You only have so many roster spots. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. Um, but I do wonder about Calais. Like, I think he can still 
if you want a guy to play 30 snaps a game, 25, 30 snaps a game, and can still make some impact, I feel like Calais can still give you that at his age. No, for sure. To, to me, it just it all depends about what are you bringing him in for, right? Like, if you understand that, because see, to me, like, free agency, like, this year for the Jaguars, especially the defensive line, like, you have to hit in terms of starters and bona fide, like, cornerstones going forward. Yeah. And while I think, you know, Clayus Campbell, there's a lot to offer, you know, how much can he give you on the field? And I think that's up for debate. You know, I mean, if we're talking about, like, comparisons, like, I mean, B.J. Hill out of uh, Cincinnati, who they're probably going to bring back because they have the money to do it, but, you know, th- this kid's 26 years old. Um, he had 50 tackles, six quarterback sacks, 12 uh, quarterback hits. So, like, it- it's comparable to C- the Campbell, but obviously he's a lot young and could probably give you a little more for the up-and-coming couple of years. Oh, no so, doubt. So th- th- there's definitely... There's better options out there, but once again, if it comes at the right price, then I don't see why not. But, like, I don't want that to be the primary focus of this team going forward is, like, we have to play as Campbell. I mean, yeah, if you get him in, that's only going to help you hit you out. But I think you need to go after bigger fish here in terms of guys that can come in and be game changers. Did Hill start uh, – did he start his career in Green Bay? Or was that uh, his Cincinnati guy all the time? No, he was, um, he was in New York. Oh, Giants. New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, remember, because there was there was speculation that he, he the Jaguars were interested or something, and then and it never panned through. They asked, I guess, too much money, and Cincinnati got him. Well, that's an interesting point you just bring up, right? Because like, okay, BJ Hill, that's very I mean, productive. Twenty six going into his prime, right? Yeah, going to cost you a penny. Yeah, a, but and, and that's it. Cincinnati. They're gonna, I mean, back. they're they're, they're going to bring him back for sure. I, but but I like yeah. where you're going with the argument, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, it's a good argument. And and here's what I would say, Austin, is they might need both. Mm-hmm. You know, they might need both. They might need a, a blockbuster name guy that can be the next Calais that we saw from 17, 18, 19 in Jacksonville. And they might still need depth plays that can still provide impact, leadership, experience, all the rest. Um, and so I, I think their defensive front obviously needs work. <laughs> so uh, in that specific position, I, I don't know. Like I said, I. I'll, I'll get too wrapped up in the Calais side of things, but I understand what you're saying exactly. Um, and, and who knows where Calais have point now where he gave it a run with the with the Ravens. He had some a lot of success in Arizona. They got close here in Jacksonville. What does he want to do? Like, what's it? Is it still about the ring? Is it only about the ring? Does he want to go join uh, the Rams or the Chiefs? Yeah, the Packers. The well, Packers probably. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, depending on what Dominican Sue does, maybe the Tampa, Tampa. Buccaneers if they can yeah. get a quarterback. You know, I mean, there, there could be an open market for that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it would say a lot if Clayus Campbell wanted to come back to Jacksonville. I mean, heck, dude, give him the key to the city, put him in the in the in the circle. If that's going to be the, the pride of the Jaguars, or that's going to be the case. But I also want Clayus Campbell to win a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I want to see him. I mean, kind of like the Mercedes Lewis effect. I always pictured Mercedes here and still being, you know, a great locker room guy and helping this team out. But I was happy to see him in Green Bay, you know, at least contending for a championship. Unfortunately, that kind of fell through, and we'll see going forward. But, like, you know, it gets to a point where some guys, you know, they they, they put the time and effort in, and, and then we get to that, that, that point of hoisting that Lombardi, and you want to see that happen for him. So... Yeah, if you can get Clayus Campbell here, by all means. But I want to say that dude hoist a Lombardi. Yeah, I got to believe that's the only reason those guys are still playing. Not the only, but one of the few. 
So, yeah. to your point, uh, it's really interesting. Of all the guys the Jags have lost over the years, <laughs> two guys that have lifted the Super Bowl are Fournette and Ramsey. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where they would we'd be parading in the streets and bringing them back for a special day if it was Calais Campbell or Mercedes Lewis. Maybe. Without a doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's pretty funny how that works out. Uh, it's just the game of football. Uh, sometimes going to be in the right spot at the right time. Let's bring in uh, Captain Rick Riles right now. He's in the right spot at the right time. And that's on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Florida Sportsman fishing report captain rick hope you enjoyed the super bowl oh indeed i did i, I can't I, I just couldn't figure out how i could make matthew stafford win and jalen ramsey lose so if, if i could have got that out of i'd have been all set hey i had 28 24 um rams how did that not too shabby all right, um, and I win 100 bucks from each one of you guys. Is that yeah, right? Well, definitely case. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't remember signing anything there, Captain Rick, but oh, we, we can go and check K- the tape. Casey will do the to. show for free next week on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, guys, you know what? We had a good little stretch of weather. Uh, we surely did, especially Friday and Saturday. The Wahoo fishing was fantastic. The Northeast Florida Wahoo Championship is underway, and I can tell you it is going to take some very heavy fish to win that thing. I think the biggest one I saw over the weekend was 90 pounds, but I did, uh, I did, I do know of one boat that had 10 Wahoo that added up to over 500 pounds. That's a pile of Wahoo dinners right there is what that is, I can tell you. There didn't seem to be much going on besides the high-speed Wahoo fishing. The tuna did not bite, the mahi did not bite, and I did not hear of a single sailfish. Now, the trigger fish on the bottom bit very well, as did the Vermilion Snapper. And sea bass fishing is getting better. I talked to Captain Dennis Young. He reported pretty good sea bass fishing inside of 16 miles of Mayport. Now, David Borey said that the uh, redfish spotting was fabulous yesterday and good today, but not fabulous. We're going to have a little bit of wind all week, it looks like to me. It's going to be a better week for inshore than it's going to be for inshore. I mean, for offshore. But there's always one thing you can count on. We're going to be back tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, boys. I'll take your cash. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, Brent Barton along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Hey, let me ask you this. I'll give you a few names that are uh, free agents coming off the Rams and Bengals. you interested in any of them if you're the Jaguars? Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. now coming off an ACL, so you got to be careful of that. C.J. Azuma, uh, the tight end for the Bengals. Brian Allen, the center for the Rams. Darius Williams, young man from Creekside High School in Jacksonville, uh, played opposite of... Uh, Jalen Ramsey actually had a better year last year, uh, but still, he's a Super Bowl champ and held it down. Jesse Bates, safety for the Bengals. B.J. Hill, you just mentioned him. Yep. Uh, defensive lineman for the Bengals. And uh, let's see, uh, Ogan Joby, the defensive tackle for the Bengals, as well as is a free pending free agent. Y- you mentioned it. You never know. Like, who, the Bengals could keep you know, an eye on all these guys. They've got plenty of Monday, money. Um let me just see if I'm missing anybody. Auden Tate, Sony Michelle, uh, Sebastian Joseph for the uh, Rams defensive tackle, uh, right guard Austin Corbett. So, anybody jump out at you? I mean, Azuma seems to me like a guy that I might be willing to bring in here in the tight end room. But there's a lot of free agents in the tight end rooms across the NFL that that kind of, uh, from a name recognition standpoint, yeah. interests me. No, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, he'd probably be a, a tier two, tier three guy out of this tight end uh, free agent class. 
Um, not bad, but to me, I mean, I think B.J. Hill would probably be the dude for me if you had a choice at somebody. Casey, anybody do anything for you for the Jags? Um, I mean, again, like what you were saying with Uzama, I think there's a lot of other free agents at the tight end spot that you could go after. Sony Michelle is interesting because we think that they're going to need a running back to the point where if you sign a guy like Sony Michelle, he was quality was in when he was in there mm-hmm. for Henderson and whatnot. He tore up the Jags in L.A. Um, he's a guy that could come right in and play and be good, but at the same time, when James comes back, you would realize that James is the starter and there'd probably be no questions asked there. So I think that might be a cheap fill for a position that you're probably going to need. Yeah, and I think, but you do bring up a good point. That's a good one. Like, I think be pretty happy with a guy like Sony Michelle to bring add some depth, and he just got off a place that they needed to do that, right? They needed at times all three of those guys, Henderson, Akers, Michelle, uh, and they traded for Michelle with the Patriots. So that's an interesting way to do it from a depth standpoint. Again, Azuma, I, I think that is a is a position of need, but there's a lot to get. B.J. Hill, they probably will protect him and, and get him. I could see that being a blockbuster move. I don't know enough, to be honest with you, about the offensive linemen, but if they grade out well and they factor in, could a right guard for the Jags? Or are they going to put Ben Barch there? Are they going to move Ben Barch to Norwell's spot if they don't keep Norwell? You know, yeah. So how do they rebuild that offensive line? Could some of those Rams guys be of, of uh, interest to the Jacksonville Jaguars? They'll be, you know... I don't know if the Super Bowl raises the uh, price tag for some of those guys. I will say this: even a Darius Williams from a, I, I don't know if he's a, I don't think he's gonna be super expensive. Uh, maybe he will be. Maybe he'll get more bigger deal than I thought he would actually. And I wonder being a part of the mix here in Jacksonville from, can he play the nickel spot? Do you add depth? Um, it'd be interesting to see. It feels like there are more Rams. Although the most impactful player that you really, if you could pick one out of all of them, you'd probably take B.J. Hill. Well, would you take Hill or Von Miller? No, no, I, I don't take Miller. No? No, I, I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't feel like. I don't feel like Von Miller is going to help me out much. For the Jags. Okay. Like I, I'd re- like where they're at. You know, like I, I would say, like you just told me, B.J. Hill's 26 years old. Sure. I'd rather spend the bank on B.J. Hill, than, a, a price tag on a resume of of Von Miller. Okay. Um, I, I feel, well, first of all, I don't think Von Miller would want to come here, but I feel like Von Miller No, no, might, but I'm just saying for the sake of the argument, though. Yeah, yeah, I think Von Miller would go to a place like uh, Ravens or somebody that thinks they can be really competitive or a Chiefs team or something like that. Okay. Um, and I just don't know if I'm going to get the productivity for what I'd pay. Meanwhile, i got a guy for the next four or five years potentially, and B.J. Hill, if he continues to do well, he could be a part of it for eight years in Jacksonville. Yeah. Because at that position, you can play until you're 34. I mean, keep in mind, he had nine and a half sacks this year. I know. I know. Um, I, by the way, I'm not saying I'm right. I just, it's funny, like, Von Miller doesn't, B.J. Hill does way more for me than Von you. Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm right, but I, I, I just feel like Von Miller's getting a little old. Sure. Um, yet I just made the case for why not bring Calais Campbell back. This is true, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. Uh, you know what's crazy about Von Miller? 
Now, does those nine, did that nine and a half sacks, did that, was that just regular season or was that including the postseason? Um, I believe it was just the regular season, but oh, I'm not. Oh, he had that many. Yeah, I didn't really so, feel like he was doing much with the Rams until the postseason hit, so, and he really amped up his game. So he had four and a half in seven games in Denver, and then he had five in eight games in L.A. Well, all right. I don't think nine and a half sacks. I would lead the Jags by like three. Yeah, that'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> That's another thing. When we were talking about the draft, I, I still don't lose sight of this on the defensive end. I think six and a half and six and a half have been like the last two years, the leaders. DeJuan Smoot, Josh Allen, and Sacks. Mm-hmm. Like, don't sleep on that. And you're just telling me a guy like Von Miller's pitching it with nine and a half. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, and you got guys that are getting 15, 18, 20, 22. And the Jags, tot- like, again, what do you think you need more of? You need more pass rush or do you need another offensive lineman? I think you can make the case you need more pass rush. Mm-hmm. And quietly, and, and football people will tell you this, fans won't want to admit it probably, and even us media people won't, that the pass rush can still help your franchise quarterback in an indirect way. I mean, I think Doug Peterson would be the first person to say that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Football people will say that. Like yeah. they'll, they'll admit to that. But I, from our fan perspective, we're like, well, we've got to protect him. you got to find somebody to throw the ball to. Well, how about if we get the ball back for him at, like, the 35-yard line of the opposition? <laughs> Absolutely. That wouldn't be bad either. That'll help the young QB. Put him in good. He doesn't have to drive 90 yards to score. So um, I'd be really interested to see what the Jags. Free agency's coming up. Jags got to spend money, man. Some people don't like him spending money. I like it. They got to spend money. Get me back to at least competitive. Uh, speaking of, what are the odds? And what were the odds of the Bengals last year? And if you could take a crop of teams that were the Bengals kind of odds to win the Super Bowl, which one would you pick from going into 2022? I'll pose that question to these guys when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live at Fleming Island Golf Club here on a Monday. I'm just using my experience to kind of show or give my perspective on what I think happened with, with the game. You know, I'll try to take people behind the curtain. But when it comes to Matt Stafford, listen, I've been critical of him because of the turnovers. 17 turnovers, leading the league in interceptions or being tied for the league lead. You can't put that all on tip passes by his receivers. You can't put that all on his receivers not fighting to make a play for their quarterback on jump balls. Some of those are just mistakes from the quarterback. And with that tip ball that he did throw to Cooper Cup, he didn't have to machine gun that football in there. He could have took a little something off of it. So, I mean, there has to be some level of accountability with the quarterback and the turnovers. I want to say that was Chris Canty, but he hasn't had time to have a show yet because that's your guy usually. Yeah, that's Chris. I don't love this take because I like Matthew Stafford, but, you know, I, I just I had to get him in. You know what I'm saying? What time would he have gone? Did he do a Super Bowl thing or was he on this morning's shows? Uh, unconfirmed. I got yeah. the little ESPN sound thing. It said Chris Canty. I said, I know it's going to be fire. Maybe, Don't maybe, love maybe it. Maybe do a podcast or something. Yeah. yeah. He's got to get out there. You know what I mean? His takes are 99% good. That one, eh, don't well, love it. Okay, so let me ask you this. Matthew Stafford, Hall of Fame, right now or not? Uh, right. I'd have to look at the passing yards numbers, but it feels like it. Okay. It feels passing like yards, he was putting way, up huge numbers. All time. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. How do but you- his win-loss record, how much <sighs> does that hurt him? I mean, he's like well under 500. As a quarterback. Yeah. Well, he played in Detroit, so. Oh, no. Yeah. We have any, is there anybody else in like the game? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, I mean. Who was good on a bad team that's in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. 
I mean, to be honest with you, like a guy like the other way around that is like a guy like Bradshaw, who obviously four-time Super Bowl champ, but his numbers were not like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure he had like same amount of touchdowns and interceptions are pretty close. Some Pittsburgh fans now going to call in and be like, "You son of a!" <laughs> <laughs> So hang on. So what, what is Matthew Stafford's wins versus losses, Brent? Uh, I I don't know what it is. I thought I saw it earlier today. It's like I think he's I think he's like sub 500 by six or eight games. I'll have it in a second. Okay. I'm pretty sure through his he's career. 86, 95, and one. Yeah, so so what does that mean? Uh, I mean, he's how many games under 500? Sorry, yeah, nine. About nine. Not, uh, yeah, nine. He was 12 and five this year to put into perspective. So that helped a ton. Okay, but then let me ask you this: like Tom Coughlin getting the Hall of Fame, right? He was 170 and 150. That's a 53 percent winning percentage. Like, does yep. that affect him? Well, I think it does a little bit, but um, I think it's a little also more common to find. I think now. Uh, that more common to find coaches that were closer to 500 than quarterbacks. Okay. And I'm not sure any exist in under 500. Okay. I mean, just try off the top of your head, think of quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Like Bart Starr, I mean, in the Hall of Fame, like Joe Montana. And uh, Now, listen, Marino would be interesting here. How close was Marino to 500? Um, Casey, you got that? What was it? What is uh, Marino. D- Dan Reno's overall record? Uh, it was one forty-seven and ninety-three. Oh, oh, so so he's geez. he's he's all good. He's that far over five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously, like that's significant. Okay, so you got a guy like Marino. I, I mean, and by the way, Marino considered from the eye test alone one of the best passers of all time, if not the best, and and the numbers were sick. Yeah, you know, and and Stafford's numbers are really strong, like yardage wise and everything. But we're in a day and age where, so are like Nick Foles sometimes during a year. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So um, I have this up right now. Stafford is twelfth all time in passing touchdowns. Hang with me here for a second. He's twelfth in passing. So he's in front of people like Elway, Warren Moon, Unitas, Dan Fouts, people that are in the Hall of Fame. But right two under him is Carson Palmer. So they have relatively the same touchdowns. Carson Palmer's only four games over 500. So I feel like Matthew Stafford and Carson Palmer would have been very comparable until now with Stafford having the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would say no to this question right now. But the book isn't over on Stafford. Stafford can go have have three, four more good years. His numbers would then be in the top, like, seven all time. And his touchdowns would climb the charts. And he might be able to boost that thing over 500. I think that's kind of the key here, Austin. Like, for... I don't know if he needs to win another Super Bowl. He's going to keep compiling yards. I test-wise, he's considered one of the best arm talents of all time. And so I wonder if getting above 500 is really the key for him to get in. Uh, and, and by the way, now it took him to join a super team to even start to threaten 500 and get that Super Bowl. Sure. Um, I would say if he wins another one, then by all means, until that point, he... You're on the fence. So yeah. he's 12th in passing yards all time and touchdowns. 12th in both. Get this. He's only 6,000 yards behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, wow. again, the numbers are sick, man. I mean, his numbers are really good. Uh, I'll tell you what. Forget about all the numbers. After watching him throw that clutch pass on a no-look play, I'd put him in the Super Hall of Fame for that. Get him in right I now. Mean, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know. You know Almost as impressive that. as Joe Burrow's drip last night when he came to the game. 
I love yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, how what was that? Well, let me let me finish this. I'd love to ask this of a let's take an old Steelers fan. Nah, like you can't take a Steelers. Fan. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Take a Steelers fan. Like, I would love to know because I don't watch Bradshaw play, and I know some of his numbers. But I'd love to watch like take somebody like Terry Bradshaw who's got four Super Bowls and played on incredible teams and was clutch when he needed to be clutch, but his numbers are not all, like, just crazy. And it was a different age. And then you take somebody that, like, like Stafford, who didn't win or hasn't won a lot, finally does win, but his numbers are incredible. His arm talent's incredible. Like, the eye test says a lot. And just ask that person, like, okay, who's a better quarterback? Like, who's a better quarterback in the NFL? Terry Bradshaw or Matthew Stafford? Or is it impossible I, to even judge because of the errors that they are in? Yeah, I mean, it's got something to do with the eras, and, like, I wasn't born yet, so. I know, I it's remember. really hard for us. Like, I'm yeah. admitting that, too. Like, I, but, like, somebody might seriously, like, get mad at me and drive off the road just for asking the question. Okay. Like, I understand the four Super Bowls. I understand Bradshaw. I get it. But I, I also don't, like, nobody has ever confused Terry Bradshaw as being, like, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But the guy Joe won four Super Bowls. But he won four like, Super Bowls. I mean, enough said, you know? But Joe Montana won four Super Bowls and was, up until Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like a different – it was different. Like, you, nobody would say – like, Montana was way better than Bradshaw is what I'm saying from an eye test standpoint. Like, if you just watched him play, he was just a better quarterback. Oh, listen, it's like I always say, and it, and it gets people heated, especially Patriots fans and Tom Brady fans. I think – Overall, like in terms of skill set, Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback, but Tom Brady's the GOAT just because of all the times that he won. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think that if you were to put Tom Brady on the Green Bay Packers for all those years, you put Aaron Rodgers on the New England Patriots for all those years, I think Rodgers wins more than Tom Brady does. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Uh, the clutch gene. And, and maybe that helped Stafford, though, you know, being able to finish the drive the way he did. So at the end of the day, when you're looking at this some 10 years down the road and he does have a win, over 500 record and his yards are crazy and his touchdowns are crazy, and they say, how did he win the Super Bowl? He did it kind of like Brady did. Yeah. Brady engineered a lot of big Ws there, you know, and, and or, or always would put his team in position to have a chance to win the game. And... um that's where I'm just not sure Rodgers has done enough of in his career, Austin. You know, I mean, he's done a lot, but I'm, I'm not sure he's done it enough to either put a game away or, or engineered enough of those drives in, in some of the biggest games of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to break it down. It's, it's, it's kind of a to each their own. That's why I love kind of bringing Bradshaw in because I know so many Steelers fans. They're probably just, like, killing me right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, even mentioning, like, Matthew Stafford in the same breath. <laughs> uh, but I think that part's pretty wild because I think some of the, the talent, like, isn't even close. Yeah. Matthew Stafford has way more talent than I, I think Terry Bradshaw had. I don't I think you can deny that. Um, all right, I just asked this question. Oh, were you about to say something else before I stopped you? Oh, no, we're talking about Joe Burrow's drip. Oh, that's right. Uh, Casey, oh, what, do you th- what do you think Scale of Scale 1 to 10, the, the Joe Burrow drip? Decent. Decent, uh, yeah. 1 to 10. Uh, give me, didn't love it. Made a statement, though. Yeah, he did make kinda, a statement. Kind of had the Tiger flow going. Yeah. Uh, 
Backsplash on a counter, more likely, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm comfortable with a with like a seven point two. Okay, see, that's the thing. I, I think a seven point two is definitely fair. I think we're in the eight point five, eight point seven category. If you would have won the game, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm happy with the seven point two. Really? See, what I'm getting out of this conversation, you guys anticipating the swag of Joe Burrow going into that, what he was going to wear. You're disappointed. That's seven, what I'm saying. Seven point two wins. You're disappointed. No, it's the seven point two wins. You're at like a. Uh, uh, one, oh so no, I'm kidding. You yeah. didn't, you didn't like. Oh yeah, I probably am at a one. You, you were like, uh, but you're disappointed in the hat more than the. You, uh, you didn't like the hat, did you? I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, the hat. I thought I didn't he, see I thought chain. he right away. I was like, Austin is not gonna like the hat. He's well, not gonna dig it. So, he's lying so, if no. he says he loves well, the hat. No, so he's the, the lie. No, hold on though. The, the the hat was from Breaking Bad. So I get what you're trying to do there. You're trying to go all Breaking Bad and everybody. So like, uh, I got the reference. So I wasn't upset with the hat, but just the, the the whole ensemble. Like, yeah, the jacket. You're trying to make a statement, but I, I think it did, did, did a little better. You know, it's a Super Bowl. Like, like what was the statement? Like, it was the hey. the, the 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 pattern was Bangladesh, right? Um, like I said, it, it looked like a like a backsplash in like a, a kitchen. I know, but it was like the stripes of the bangle. Like that's what I got out of it. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go that much. Maybe. Say, oh, people wouldn't say that. I didn't see a lot of dissection of it, so yeah. I thought that's for sure. He what was he getting was going a lot of. For. People were saying it was a backsplash. That, that, that was I the primary consensus. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm watching a slow mo in, in in 4K right now, and you couldn't see a chain. It wasn't wearing a chain either. It didn't see any kind of bling. See that disappointing. And, and he had those stupid AirPods in, so that knocks him down at least a couple. And points. no shades. No, he had shades. Brent, he, oh, had, he shades had shades now. Oh, he had shades. He had shades. Yeah, he had shades. He had shades. Um, so let's not lose our heads here. He had chains. <laughs> yeah. So he Careful. needed a chain. Needed a chain. Needed, a chain. Yeah. needed to lose the AirPods and probably the hat. See, I don't hate the hair AirPods if it's only one. Oh, he, was he rocking one? I don't know. I could like I I, I don't know if it Austin was in the other. Austin hates the AirPods. Uh, uh, Austin I'm not an AirPod fan. But Austin's not on the gram either. He I'm just not. doesn't. Well, uh, don't AirPods call it the gram. are cooler than Austin. Thinks. I can rock with one. Like I'm listening to you, but I'm really not. Yeah, you know I mean, like I got my music going, but like I'm gonna pretend to listen to you. I respect the fact that the swoosh and the Nike and the shoe match the suit, but I would have gave them an easy eight, eight, eight two, eight three. Sure. If they were shorts, if it was a suit with shorts. Oh, in, in LA. Yeah, pants, uh, shorts. Oh suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So then, are we talking shorts with like dress? What kind of shoes then? The same shoes with with shorts though. Yeah, the whole thing the same, except I needed the sh- the pants to be shorts. You, you aren't wrong. Tell you what, that'd have been show some skin. Yeah. Really make a statement. Yeah. Now we're talking. Well, I want to thank Delphonic for making me look better than Joe. Who did it better? Looks like Brent did. Oh, we on Twitter and, right now? And, and oh, what wow. Would this look like on- <laughs> yeah. By the way, I might go after this in teal. Brent, you got to come up with your own thing, man. You can't be stealing people's swag. Yeah, I already stole your nickname. Butcher. I know. I, I, hey, listen, all good ideas are stolen. But by the way, those Christian Dior shoes, what are those, Casey? $20,000, $30,000 now? <clears throat> those, yeah. shoes, those, those shoes aren't cheap, by the way. You were rocking right there, Brent, that picture. What I want to know is how much thought went into that, and did it cost them the game? What? Whoa. whoa, why, whoa, whoa. why do you... Why Maybe must you? First of all, the game. hang on. First of all, you've been pretty good on Twitter, right? You, you haven't been getting, you know, you haven't been getting canceled on Twitter or anything like that. You're, you're pushing it, Brent. All right, don't be a Joe Burrow swag hater now. That's the last thing we need on the show. <laughs> uh, hey, I, all right, let me ask you this because I already pushed this out there. Um, 
The Bengals were 75 to, at this time last year when the Super Bowl ended, they were 75 to 1 odds to win. And uh, by the way, that sound is a bunch of golf balls going into a big bin. Okay. That's what you're wondering. Um, 75 to 1 odds to win this, uh, the Super Bowl last year. Now, of course, they didn't win, but at least they got there, right? Sure. So this year, the day after the Super Bowl, there are two, four, six teams that are worse than 75 or 1 or worse. Chicago, I think, is 80 to 1. And then you got like hundreds of 1 and 125 to 1 and 150 to 1 between the Giants, Jets, Jags, Texans, and Lions. Mm. So I give you the Giants, the Jets, the Jags, the Texans, the Lions, the Bears. Which one of those teams are making the Super Bowl the way Cincinnati did this year? Bears all day. Thank you very much. I just said the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is well, no they do have the highest odds of them. They're, they're like the 80 to 1. Everybody else is even worse. Yeah. Bears. No chance. Um, no, no chance the Giants. With Daniel Jones at quarterback? <laughs> Does Dave make climate? that kind of impact? Everybody's raving about their coaching staff. Sure, great coaching staff. With Daniel Jones at quarterback? Nope. Like, the Lions are so far off talent-wise, right? Correct. Like, there's no signs of talent. Yeah. The Texans appear to be way off talent-wise. Well, I mean, could Deshaun Watson come back? Uh, That's interesting, yeah. But still, uh, yeah. But but even, like, they they ended up with Lovey Smith, like, at at the 11th hour, you know? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel right. And by the way, they all these teams are all bad because of, can Salah change them around? And like, does does Wilson take a big step? Do they have enough talent? They got a lot of money to spend. And does the Jags Peterson and Trevor and Trevor has a big sophomore year? I mean, do they have enough? Can they put enough talent in the draft and free agency with five good moves to make them into that? No, the I AFC mean, South. Not, like, can you get through the AFC South? I don't think so. And I don't think the Jets can obviously get through their division either. Yeah, the division's tougher with the Jets, wouldn't you think? Oh, without a doubt. I think I mean, the that's Jets are it, interesting, though. You think key. so? Well, like, they have Pete, like, Michael Carter appears to be good. Sure. Elijah Moore's low-key disgusting. Corey Davis and Zach Wilson, they still have it. Sure. I don't believe in Zach Wilson, but I think to, like, Brent's point, if they can take that step, I'm, I, obviously they have to be Buffalo, so that's tough. But I'm at least interested. Like, they could be that team if they sign – a tight end, and they they get some defense. See, but this to me, why this is the, the Bears are the no brainer. Because if you if Aaron Rodgers, what he he might be planning on doing is leaving Green Bay, it's between yeah. you and Minnesota, and we'll see what Minnesota is going to be like now with the new coaching staff and everything like that. Same thing with the Bears as well. But I mean, I I, I like the Bears here. Yeah, keep in mind, Bur- nobody looked like from Wilson Fields or Trevor. Nobody gave us the glimpses Burrow gave us. But none of those three guys were also coming off the injury Burrow was coming off. True. You know what I mean? And so it's uh, it's just amazing to think, like, it, it's so hard to believe that the Jets, the Jags, or the or the even Chicago could be in the Super Bowl this time next year. But that's what the Bengals did. Mm. Like, it's pretty incredible <laughs> what they did, uh, even with Burrow showing some signs. And Chase was everything everybody thought. See, that's the other thing, Austin. I'm not sure anybody, there's a, is there a Chase in this draft? You know, like, but oh, there does is. one of those teams land like the Chicago land Devontae Adams? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the Jets or something like that. So, uh, could the Jets? Wow. I just don't, I don't, uh, listen, it's, 
I kind of want to stay away from picking the Jags in this situation. No, I'm but saying. But the, bot the bottom uh, no. line is, okay, could you can you get your quarterback to take a significant jump? And I would think Chicago, the Jags, and the Jets would be in play in that. No, yeah, I was talking about the Jaguars getting Devontae Adams, not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if they, listen, if the Jags, all, if they get a jump out of their quarterback and they got Devontae Adams alone, you'd start to lower those odds in a heartbeat. You better believe it. <laughs> so, as again, coming in the AFC South, not much different than the NFC North where you're picking Chicago. Mm -hmm. So, where, where you can find a path in the AFC South, I think. Because, um, listen, the bottom line is if he plays really well, much like Burrow, Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North this year. So if Trevor is able to play really good football, he could become the best quarterback in the AFC South, like, in a hurry. True. You hang your hat on that. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll put a bow on a Monday here from Fleming Island Golf Club right after this. Hey, welcome back to Fleming Island Golf Club here on a Monday after Super Bowl 56. The Rams win 23-20 to 20 over the Cincinnati Bengals. Just a reminder, here at Fleming Island Golf Club, uh, check out the Hibernia Pub. Uh, that has been redone over the last couple of years and great place uh, inside the clubhouse. Obviously, the golf course, Fleming Island Golf Club. We have discounted golf on our Dream 18 card. If you uh, purchase that, ActionSportsShacksDream18.com while supplies last. And if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, you can see right behind me some folks hitting uh, some balls. And that's at the top of the tee uh, where they've got the power tee and the tracer technology. And then they have the regular driving range right over there uh, in front of me, plus a bar right here as well. So if you haven't been over here, you really got to check it out. Uh, probably it will be the end thing for more clubs to do. Uh, over the next few years, and uh, they're doing it right here at Fleming Island Golf Club. Brent Orno, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz to put a bow on the show. Let's get Steven in real quick before uh, we got to say goodbye. What's happening, man? Hey, not too much, guys. How are you today? Good. Good, man. All right, quick question, and maybe you guys could settle the debate with me, uh, with me and my buddies today. Um, the whole offensive line situation, I'll just give you a hypothetical scenario, and you guys can take it from there. Uh, let's say, hypothetically, they let Cam walk. Uh, so consensus is, okay, they're taking Evan Neal at number one. Mind you, I agree, I would take a pass rusher. But let's just say we take Evan Neal. Everybody says, with that high of a pick, value-wise, you're not putting him at right tackle. My issue is, and Austin, you played the game, uh, so you would have maybe have a better sense of this, Walker Little, his entire career has been a left tackle and nothing more. Evan Neal, for three years of college, played right tackle until they moved him to left tackle to cover Leatherwood being drafted. Mm. So, and we saw in the last two games he only allowed two pressures against two top five defenses. So, wouldn't you just, out of just thinking about it, like, do I trust somebody that has played in the NFL at left tackle, has done good at left tackle, has only played left tackle, or do I draft this kid that has the potential to be a good left tackle, but he's probably a better right tackle than Walker Little, who's never actually played the position in a game? It's a great question. Thanks, Steven. Uh, so, yeah, is it really what he's asking, sure, you could move Evan Neal to right tackle. Is it worth drafting with the number one overall pick if that's what you're going to do, Austin? Yeah, no, it's a fantastic question. Um, to, to me, it all depends what Walker Little looks like. You know, um, having played the same side of the line his entire his collegiate career, 
that does make you nervous. Can you transition? Because it is different. You know, everything is the exact opposite, and some guys um, have better times adjusting than other guys. So I'm not sure what Walker Little would look like. Um, you know, I, I get we have the preconceived notions. You're a left tackle. You, you, you go to number one overall. You're playing left tackle. Well, those days are kind of done. Yes, it's the quarterback's blind side, but right tackles are just as, as important. Talk about Tristan Wirfs today. Wirfs got drafted number 13 overall. One of the best right tackles in the league. Made a, a huge difference for Tampa Bay. If Walker Little can't do it and you got to keep him at left tackle, then so be it. Get Evan Neal put on right tackle. Well, I will say this. My my ladder of, of a 1 through 10, which I talked about earlier, Caleb on Chason upgrading to a Thibodeau or maybe Hutchinson, that's a big climb up the ladder. Jawan Taylor, the way he's played, and maybe getting Evan Neal and put him at the right tackle, that is a pretty big climb up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So maybe that does make it a little more even. One last thought. we got to go. Action Sports Shacks OT coming up uh, with Casey and Brian Middleton. They've got new artwork and everything on the show, Action Sports Shacks OT. Um, how about Kyler Murray over the weekend and Derek Carr, Derek Carr coming away maybe with a new contract extension, according to reports. Kyler Murray, a self-centered, immature quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, never but then never I saw see, that coming. Yeah, but then I see JJ Watts video, and I'm like, well, how serious is this allegation? I know, I know. I'm just saying the reporting cycle. I, I know. Murray has come out, and then, but who would have thought that three weeks ago or last year? Yeah, that Derek Carr might have a safer place at home in Vegas. Yeah. than Kylo Murray in Arizona. It's crazy. Bizarre. Yeah, and it's just the reporting. I, I think Murray has since come out and been like, I, I'm, I'm not about this nonsense, so I'm not getting involved with it. But uh, pretty interesting story to follow. Kyle Murray out there in Arizona. All right, we'll be at UNF Arena tomorrow, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Join Brian and Casey. Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks OT. Have a good rest of your Monday, everybody. And uh, don't forget, it's a Valentine's Day.